everyone. Welcome to um, Better Homes and Dungeons. Um, no, I'm not bringing back the BDSM pun as part of my introduction. Um, this is a bit of a different episode because I'm not just interviewing someone about their work. We are specifically reviewing um, The Summit of Kings, which is a Swordsfall game by Brandon Dixon. Uh, joining me today is a very special guest who, in my tradition of not being good at introducing people, I will allow to introduce themselves. Um, my friend, who are you? What do you do? Hey, everyone. I'm Jordan, uh, pronouns he, him, and I am the host of the Lionhead Gaming actual play uh, Twitch channel and podcast. I've been playing D&D since about 2010 uh, when a friend of mine introduced me to 4th edition and have played a fair amount of 4th, 5th, and Pathfinder 2nd uh, since. I love TTRPGs in general. I want to play more of them. Uh, including Swords Fall. Looking forward to that eagerly. Uh, and I love to use tabletop role-playing games to mesh my love of storytelling and writing uh, with my love of gaming, uh, but also to make f new friends and have fun. Excellent. I'm, I'm in a similar way, although in my case, my origin story starts all the way back with the red box. Oh, jeez. <laughs> yeah. I'm old. Um, do it. So you I, I, yeah, look, it was my older brother. He's like, Josh, game, Dungeons, Dragons. I'm in. Where do I sign up? Um, excellent. So, yeah, we, we decided to have a bit of a, a review discussion around um, The Summit of Kings by Swords Fall. Um, now, Summit of Kings is like a game within a game. Like, you know, there is already the uh, Welcome to Tikor um campaign setting book which gives you which i don't have yet and i need to get my hands on um it's more a case of i don't know if i'll ever have time rather than <laughs> anything else <laughs> it's too much happening at the moment um Gotta carve up the week and add a day to it yeah look, let, let's make, let's just have eight days and like three yeah. of them are weekends yeah exactly there you go yeah 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 All everyone right. has a four-day work week everyone gets wednesdays off there you go yeah, look, I'm, I'm, I'm good. I'm good. Look, that's a political platform to run on. Um, yeah, I mean, so the, the, the Welcome to Tickle campaign setting book is out. Um, and we're currently waiting on, like, the greater game. And I think a lot of us are like, okay, come on, Brandon. Come on, Brandon. Get it done. Um, and I do not want to... I don't want to know how hard that man must be working. Because considering he's bringing out, like, books, comic books games and bits of games he must be working pretty bloody hard um okay so um lion um what was your basic i guess what were your first impressions of this product if we say broke down to production values straight up because you know the first thing you see is the face how would you describe the face of this thing yeah, from from the very first page, from the cover, uh, I could see the effort and production value in it. I could see the attention to detail and callouts to just the Afropunk sci-fi fantasy aspects of it, just from the subtle touches of like uh, the synth wave in the background, giving you that sort of futuristic feel, um, to the just the presentation in. Just the title parts as well. You have, you know, Swords Fall, which conveys that sort of RPG aesthetic to it. But then you have the Summit of Kings. You have the crown 
resting on the S, the call out to Biggie Smalls. You know, it, it has a lot of color to it uh, and it conveys quite quickly and convincingly that this is an interesting and different product. If you saw it on a shelf, it would stand out and I think call your attention to it in a way that makes you want to go, what is this? And pick it up, which I think is great. Like seeing this, seeing the cover art just on like a ad or something on the internet would make you want to find out what it is. Yeah, I, I would agree. I mean, um, I hadn't got the Biggie Smalls reference, but um, my musical taste usually involves um, screaming Scandinavian madmen. Um, no. Hey, there's respect to that too. One day we'll have a metal roleplay game. It'll be amazing. Or terrible. <laughs> It'll be so bad. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, a metal bar that we got. I, I agree with you. I think um, I've been looking at all of the products that come out uh, from the Swordsfall pub publishing company. Um, all of them look amazing, mm -hmm. and all of them, like you know, me identifying as a white Australian person, I look at this and I think this is this is not me, but it's something I want to be a part of. Mm -hmm. Like it's. It's very, very much not my story, but it is a story I want to engage with and know, because this is this is beautiful stuff. Yeah, yeah. I mean, there's there's there is a a great collection of I think ideas that exist in in Brandon's head that he is sparing no expense to have these excellent artists uh, put to paper, put to you know. Uh, these different scenes throughout this entire thing uh, from the character art to the backgrounds to the, the splash art, like everything artistically is beautiful uh, from top to bottom. Yeah. It really engages and pulls you in and makes you want to ask questions to learn more. Right way. It, it really does. I, I think that um, I, I don't think I've, I don't think anyone has ever seen sword fall art or oh, sorry, swords fall art. Um, and not thought that's stunning. What is this? I want to know what the, I need to know what this is now. This is amazing. Mm -hmm. And, um, I think that's, I think that's great. Um, for, from my little chat I've had with Brandon, I, I, he comes across as someone who is, who has invested a large amount of themselves into the work, not just like mm -hmm. money and time wise, but there is the soul of someone in this. And that is very beautiful. So I, I very, very much like that. Um, now, speaking of gameplay, how would we, how would you describe what kind of game this is? Like, we know it's a roleplay game. Um, both you and I have a pretty decent history of D&D. &D. This is not D&D, &D, is it? No, no, it strictly is not. And, and Brandon will be the first one to tell you that this is not D&D. &D. This is... Uh, not inspired by in D D. It doesn't use D D's mechanics. It doesn't have like really from what I'm seeing any mechanical touchstones from D D through any edition. It it uses, as I understand, Genesis as its base or uh jumping off point, uh, but the game is quite unique. Yeah, I mean um Okay, so if we if we do like a couple of minutes, okay, how do you play this game? Um, mm -hmm. It uses a dice pool system, 
So you you take your uh, you take your talent and your stats, and you use them to roll d8s or d12s where things line up, and that's a reflection of like how good you are at something, which which yeah. I think is a very cool system. Um, and there's also luck because some I mean I I think it's a very cool way of like a dungeon master giving inspiration you know to, to kind of use a D term it's like look you just yeah. did something cool you've got a couple of luck dice in your pocket now which i think is yeah but you can also like one thing i don't like about advantage is advantage is powerful if you're lucky um <laughs> whereas if someone does something super cool you don't just you don't just give like one luck dice you can you can give a few you can chuck a couple in um mm. but at the same time You've got the your positive dice, which are a D8, a D12, and a D6, and you've got the same negative dice. So you're kind of rolling against yourself, and, you know, the... I'm going to use the term Dungeon Master just because that's how my brain's set up. I don't think yeah. it's the term this game uses. Um, which means that a, a Dungeon Master can very, very easily, like, upgrade and downgrade the difficulty of something, which I think is cool. Yeah. They can, and, and, and it's okay uh, that this doesn't use D&D as a jumping off point, but that is mm. the, uh, you know, the lingua franca of, of TTRPGs. So it's okay to find the things that resonate with you and make things easier to understand and, uh, and connect it back to those things. You know, you, you can give your players advantage by giving them luck dice because of some things they did, or, you know, they can deal with uh, misfortune and get some complication dice and that subtracts from their you know results and things like that that's okay yeah um i mean one thing i don't like about DD and it was um and i know this is something brandon doesn't like either is the fact that it's binary you succeed yeah. or you fail you fail and i mean i think it comes down to the dungeon master like myself like if you just fail i'll give you you a you just fail but you haven't completely failed you know, yeah, degrees of success, degrees of success. Yeah, yeah. Is that something you bring to your table or do you do it differently? Oh, 100 percent, 110 percent. You know, if you're if you're coming in just underneath a DC, it's I mean. I I don't like pass fail in general just because it there's no interaction with it. Right. So if it's like, hey, you know, rogue, you're trying to pick a lock. If you can pick the lock at all if it is pickable for you you will eventually succeed your your check in this instance is because there is something that matters in terms of like time or something like that where you need to spend more time on it if it's a dc 18 and you get a 15 yeah that's three short but you know what that just means hey you're really struggling with this lock you know you haven't encountered this you know mechanism or something before and it's just going to take you some more time to work through it. What are the rest of you all doing as you see, you know, Throndir the elf struggling with this lock? Yeah. I mean, I guess another way, of, you, you could even say reduce the difficulty class of the next role mm -hmm. by what they missed it by in some way. Well, you know, take, you know, well, you missed it by three. I'll take a couple off because you've now got a bit of an understanding of it as well. But I mean, that's a yeah, exactly. cool way of like running like a heist kind of thing too 
Yeah, you, you're still you're still working on it. If it takes you ten minutes to open a door, that's ten minutes for guards to show up. That's ten minutes for something yeah. bad to happen, or for you to take too long to get to the thing you're trying to get to. So there there are ways to uh, to have you know those checks matter without just saying, oh, you didn't open the door. I guess you roll the check again in six seconds because that's yeah. more engaging somehow. <laughs> it's kind of like um the the rule of take a twenty. Like you you can automatically succeed, but it's going to take you twenty minutes. Is it? exactly it'll it'll just take you more time you just have to make sure that time matters and if time if time doesn't matter and it's doable there shouldn't be a check that is my my philosophy right because if you can get over the wall and you have infinite time to do it and you're not going to hurt yourself in doing it what do you need to roll a check for you eventually get over the wall keep the story moving to the next thing that actually matters right rather than all right, give me another athletic check. Oh, there's another four. All right, well, give me another athletic, you know, it's like, what's the yeah. point of that? And so you don't no, you don't really see that here, right? Because you're you're not using a simple D20. This isn't a D20 game. This is, you know, you're, you're taking these pools and figuring out what your successes are and failures are and, you know, dis- uh, figuring out what the result is based on that. And it's much more granular because it's a pool. I agree. Built into I mean, the system. I like- I love the fact that like, it's it, it's pretty well straight up at the start. It's like the result chart, it's right there, and I love the fact that like okay, so on your D eight, one or two is nothing. After that, you succeed. Yeah, and it gets interesting, and that's a very cool yes and thing, yeah. which I think is much cooler than D and D's success or. Ooh. Chuck it. <laughs> yeah. Sorry, everyone. We're recording at like, it's now six in the morning, and that was my alarm to usually wake me up. Um, one of us has been awake since 4.30 a.m., which was not very long ago, and um, I think we can all tell who it is. Anyways, um, I like the fact that it's like, okay, you've got success advantage, success with advantage, but you're also rolling against the negative dice, and so you can have that whole thing of like, you know, you've got a number of failures, but you've got a success. Yeah. Or sorry, or you've and you got get, like you get success pretty early. Yeah, you can hit success nicely, but if you roll badly on your negative dice, you can have failures, but you can still come out with an advantage. Yeah, and I think you can, that is you can very utilize cool. on on fun things uh, deeper in the system too. Like getting those yeah. advantages or getting those disadvantages can make for some interesting situations where you're like, how do I want to play this? How do I want to use these advantages I have uh, to change the uh, the contest, so to speak? Yeah. And, and I like the fact that you can have like successes and have a disadvantage. Like, yes, you, you dropped you dropped some beautiful flow there, but your mic you know, you you, you, you then did a mic drop <laughs> and then realized, oh shit, actually I need that. Um, <laughs> oops. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> that's a pretty oh, good way oh, to, to show a stumble there. That's broken. <laughs> um, <sighs> which is going to be a pretty big disadvantage. <laughs> yeah. Now they'll be able to use that against you. Yeah. Um, okay, so as far as like how easy would this be to learn how to play. Okay, so going, going on the how to play parts of this. So you have a few stats uh, mm-hmm. and you essentially, you say, okay, I want to use this stat and I want to use this skill. 
So some skills can only work with some stats, which I think works pretty well. You know, our touchstone, D&D, does this reasonably well, although there is a section apparently in the DM's guide saying, hey, you don't always have to do that. You can intimidate with strength. You could do this with this. It's great. Um, yeah. And you can... You can upgrade your talent dice to a knack dice, which is like a D12, which has got like potential for things like, you know, divine favor. Um, so like things can really go your way. Yeah. Which I think is great. Like it, it just means like, no, no, you're really good at this. It's not just like mm-hmm. plus seven to your total. It's no shit's going to happen. And I, I think that's very cool. Um, if you had to say how easy this was, how easy would you say this is to pick up and play? To pick up and play, if you're familiar with like, you know, dice games, you're familiar with TTRPGs, if you're familiar with, let's let's just say you're coming in, right, let's go with the bare minimum where I know D&D 5th edition, that is all you know, right? Um, coming into this, I would say... On a scale of one to ten, ten being quite hard to learn, uh, this would probably come in at like a six, um, from what I looked at, and that's only because there's one thing I really wish was in this section of the book, uh, after how to play and between advantages and disadvantages, I wish there was just like two graphics, one per page, of an example. Of just here is a situation and here is a pool of dice being rolled and what that looks like and how this breaks down step by step. Right. Because the difference between this sort of Genesis based system and 5e or you know D20 systems, the DC in 5e D20 systems, the DC is 17. You roll a D20. Your total is greater than 17. You know, you succeeded. End of statement. Right. And. Mm-hmm. It's a, it's binary. You you win. Uh, with this, you need to roll the pool. Then you need to go through those dice and figure out what rolled to what and line each thing up to a result. And you got to figure out what those totals are and then figure out, uh, you have to count your successes and failures. You have to look at what advantages and disadvantages you have. It's much more, it the trade-off for that granularity is a degree of complexity in moment-to-moment like pool rolling. And so it would be great to have like just a a graphic or like a little, you know, picture, literally just a here is a pool of dice and here is how I separated it out to show you how that will work on the table. You know, um, I think that would be just great to have. Uh, but you can also just reach into your own personal dice bag and grab a bunch of D8s and roll them on your own table and figure out how that plays out and look at it and uh, and go from there. So that's why I put it at about a six in terms of, okay, if you, you know, cause like, that's the way I like to, you know, learn things, I guess. Maybe that's just me, uh, where I like to well, see how it results, <laughs> how it rolls out. I, I'm, I'm pretty similar. What I would have loved is, um, and this is, oh God, this is going well back into the nerd cave. Um, actually, actually maybe not. Okay. So you know how some people have, uh, I think they're made by. The ones I've seen are made by an Aussie guy called Sean. Uh, he has like a DM screen and a player screen that has like a basic kind of like the crib, like the crib notes of like, here's how yeah, you Sean actually Sunday. play this I'm game. I'm familiar with him actually. Oh, cool. 
I would have loved one of that kind of sections mm-hmm. for this. Um, yeah. That would have been a really, really helpful, just kind of like little summary for people like me who are like, okay, this all seems to make sense, but what's the, can I get the bare bones and then I'll come back and read the more details and then I'll go back to bare bones so I can like add it up that ways. But yeah, I mean, so some real play examples would have been, would have been really, really lovely. Um, that, yeah. That's not to take away from this product because it is beautiful and it's wonderful. And I, I think from a design point of view, everything we've said about this is, it's great. It's, it's really lovely. Um, the and, and I mean I agree with you it is a bit more granular I, I lean I guess also more saying it's a bit modular as well but the other thing I would have loved is what are some examples of these advantages and disadvantages it has some oh, do, oh, that, it does yeah like you can know someone's fears yeah yep. sorry again because yep, um, that was the part I've that I really liked was like, it, it does show you yeah yeah I got you I got you it does show <laughs> you you know as you after you've done the math and figured out what your pool is, what your end result is of, I got two successes and an advantage. What can I use my advantage on? Oh, uh, I need to help my ally. I can use my advantage to give them a luck die. So now, now you have a, that's what I really like. I love games that do this. Please, in your mechanics, have a way to efficiently reward teamwork. Have a way for your players to work together to each other's benefit mechanically in a way that is not, uh, you know, just the help action. <laughs> no, I, I agree. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Like, all right, I don't get to attack this turn. Here you go. Here, you you, you go be awesome. It's like, I want to be awesome and help my friend be awesome. We all want to be, you know, together. We all want to be awesome all the time. Hmm? We, we all want to be awesome all the time, but... Yeah, exactly. <laughs> well, there's the rogue archetype in D&D, which has got the help as a bonus action. Inquisitive rogue. Yeah, 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 yeah. No, the mastermind. Is it the mastermind? That's the it's... Sherlock Holmesy one. Yeah, yeah, the mastermind. Yeah. I thought it was the Inquisitor. It, yeah. One or the other. You know, you're a detective. You gotta, you know. <laughs> yeah. But they're all in Xanathar's. Go buy it. Well, yeah. Well, maybe don't go buy it. Oh, you know what? Figure I think, out what's right I think there you. are both things because you have the Inquisitor that's the de- detective and then the mastermind that's like you want to be like Tyrion Lannister or whatever yeah that's right there's two of them that's yeah you're yeah. right the mastermind yeah 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 um and you're right it does have the advantages and disadvantages like examples of it's like hey here's something yeah but there's a line in this that I like like really really like um though having the player and GM collaborate makes for the best of a table and it's like having that in there and having that as a basic kind of principle for your table, I think that says a lot about not just the character of the game, but of Brandon as well. Mm-hmm. Which is remembering that this is a collaborative storytelling exercise. And yeah, it gives yeah, and it, it players the buy-in to 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 make statements. Yeah, because like it's an interesting thing. Uh, the statement says literally, if you're playing with a GM. So you may not necessarily even need one for this to function. You know what yeah, I mean? Like you can, yeah. you can have these, these roles play out perhaps in solo play or perhaps just in uh, a table of everyone being at the same sort of level. You can have it be perhaps maybe like a, a battle royale. You don't necessarily need the one above yeah. all to arbitrate things for this. 
That's a good point. Yeah, like I, I mean, it, it almost does have the rules for solo play in there as well. I hadn't really yeah. thought about that. That would be amazing. Um, just yeah. Now I'm thinking okay. about uh, like if you, you if you had someone just uh, like play like they weren't really playing so much as like being a referee for this contest and seeing what happened. Like if they made a bunch of different little Jalen's and had them all sort of yeah. uh, battle Royale it out to see which one of their created Jalen's came out on top. That'd be yeah. interesting. <laughs> it, it does. It does have that. Um, now we, we've talked rules and everything. As far as the setting goes, like what is the point of summit of Kings? Uh, if you don't know, that's, that's, that's an amazing place for you to be dear listener. Um, Line, what what is the what is the setting of this game? I mean, you're you're set in location wise. Uh, I believe it's Tycor, um, and you know you're you're kind of in this sort of. It made me think of Mortal Kombat, honestly, uh, <laughs> where you're you're at this sort of invitation only private beach called Boogie Cove. Um, and it's, you know, it's owned by a reclusive grandmaster, grandmaster flash, uh, great references, great references all the way through this whole thing. And it is, it is like, it is like the mortal combat of bards. It is like the, 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 the super bowl, if you will, of a musical competition, uh, where you're calling on this intrinsic force in this setting, uh, referred to, I believe as the word the word or words of power and Jalen's are people who can call on those that that force and put power into the things that they say and in this uh in this little competition you know you are in these one-on-one -on -one battles with these Jalen's uh you know Jalen versus Jalen winner takes all you only got three rounds two out of three wins and you go all the way to the end and you are crowned the Supreme Jalen if you win it all the way out. And it's it's a big deal too. It's a big deal in the setting because even just being invited to, you know, the Summit of Kings is a big deal. And I really like that. I really like the, the importance that this event has and it makes sense for it to be important, for it to be an introductory adventure or, or uh, you know, glance at the rules, if you will. Uh, so it, it fits in quite nicely. It's a big, important cultural event uh, that's been around for a long time, it seems. Hmm. I, I think it's like, like as a standalone event, it's, it's extremely cool. Um, mm. I like it kind of going back to that popular touchstone of ours, the Bard. It's kind of frustrating. Like you've got performance and it's almost like that's, it and some bards have like enthralling performance or they've got like different cool little things they can do whereas this really leans into the no there are a lot of ways you can do this and a lot of different there's a lot of different flavors in this genre yeah and that's great how about we have a taste of those and i think yeah that's really cool I really I really like the fact that, you know, it, it it is not just a performance role. I like the fact that there is, you know, you have the granularity that's built into the baseline mechanics, but then you have the the techniques later on in the book 
that are call outs to, you know, real uh, sort of cypher or like rap battle uh, lyrical techniques and and like points of pressure uh, for an orator to orator uh, competition that that make it much more engaging to someone like myself where I'm like, all right, I can role performance and I can maybe role play something myself. But what is my character actually doing? You know what I mean? If you're if you're to put it into the touchstone of D&D, if you're a fighter and you're just swinging your sword, cool, you're swinging your sword. You can describe how you swing your sword, right? But the battle master fighter next to you can do special things with their sword. There are things that they can do with their sword that if you're just like, I attack, you're not doing. And so having these having those techniques really puts a nice uh, mechanical leverage on the setting. It makes it feel more real to me. Uh, and I really, I really, really like that. <laughs> yeah. Can, can I ask you to open up on that a little bit with the techniques? Because, you know, I, I've confessed rap is not a genre I know anything about. Um, you know, I'm, I'm into metal. Um, you, you say, look, there are little references into, into rap battles and whatnot. How does, can, can you point a few out to me? Like open this thing up because I I am now I I very much want to know. I don't want to say I want to know what you're going on about because that's like a weird turn of phrase. No, I got gotcha, you. I, gotcha. I want to start it's having not, that understanding. It's not something. It's not. It's not something that. Uh, I mean, you know, quite frankly, like I mean, I'm gonna I'm gonna profess. Uh, I was a I was a nerd who was into repairing computers, and I played the cello. Uh, in high school, so you know, I'm not hyper deep into uh rap culture myself personally but it's just it's nice to look at the technique section right and in that section it's like 17 you have mm. just like you have things like bold cipher and forceful cipher uh you know these the opening lines where you have these special techniques that you're using at specific points they're almost like um they're like spells you know what mm. I mean? Uh, you know, so like, you know, you're 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 making I wanna say tactical, but that's kind of maybe too fine a point. You're making informed choices and using specific moves to better your chances of succeeding against your opponent. And mm. so that's the the mechanics that that have the greatest payoff because you if you look at this, right, and if you just if you start spinning up the uh the home brewer part of your your brain, right? As a as a DM, you realize that this is a great jumping off point to do something in metal, for example, right? Because mm. because opening line or or like the tier three technique, the hook that could be you know a a, a power solo or something, right? Yeah, that could be, yeah, be something cool. in metal, or that could be it could be in classical. You could have if you wanted to do fantasy, you could have two bards fight it out with a lute and a and a violin. Right. And you can have the techniques be, you know, you can have a tier four technique that's extreme vibrato, you know, who knows? But you can you can use these as a great jumping off point to make something that is granular in different settings as well. It's it's outstanding for that. Admittedly, I'd rather kind of have maybe like, say, a woodwind versus strings kind of arrangement, <laughs> because then you'd have sax and violins. <laughs> yeah, yeah, there you go. <laughs> Oh, oh my god <laughs> just play a romantic from eberron so you can have guns and roses uh <laughs> hey. 
I mean, you could have a bunch of, you know, people whose ancestors were influenced by large scaly beings and they'd be like a dragon force. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> so it's, you know, it's, it's nice to look at it and see like some references like the tier two, uh, you have the finisher respect, uh, R E S P E C T, you know, which is a call out to the song. Um, yeah. you know, you have, you know, most people know what a hook is musically. It's, you know, it's, it's that pulling in part where you have mm -hmm. the, uh, the, the thing that really like draws someone in for your song. Uh, it's, it's, if you're very familiar with it, it I'm sure will be gratifying to see these things. And if you're not, they may be reference points, like I said, for homebrew or for your own uh, research. If you look at something mm. like The Hook and you have no idea what a hook is, but you know what this uh, adventure is going for, that sort of rap battle thing, Google exists. You know, you can look, you can, you can look into like, okay, there's insulting cipher and bold cipher and forceful cipher. What the heck is a cipher? Okay. The first thing you're probably going to find, it has to do with cryptology and that's not it. It's because, you know, you're talking about, you know, uh, rap battles. So what is a cipher in this context? And then that will, uh, perhaps take you on a rabbit hole that will get you more immersed in the setting because you'll start to learn more and more about what this is about. And in doing so, inform yourself uh, so that you can better enjoy the content and you can better understand the references. That way you'll look at something like Grandmaster Flash and know who that is. You know what I mean? So that way you can revel in it a bit more. Yeah. I mean, honestly, if you don't know who, I mean, look, I know who Grandmaster Flash is. <laughs> Well, you know, you know, if you're if you're if you're a youngin and you don't you didn't listen to the music from back then. <laughs> yeah, okay, fair point, man. <laughs> no, I yeah, he he's not one to be pushed to the edge. Um, true, true. Uh, yeah, sorry, I've lost. I've now lost my flow and rhythm. Um, Okay, there is actually a bit of an example of gameplay on page, um, Josh is looking for it, 12. Um, and, and that is cool, but yeah, like little uh, breakdowns in the thing kind of would have been nicer because I'm generally kind of gormless. And it's like, okay, I need little bites of this to kind of chew, swallow, digest, and then move on to the mm -hmm. meal. But that's me. Um, now, the character creation part of it, um, we've been speaking about the granularity or the modularity depending on which word you want to throw in at this point. I like the fact that you buy stats and techniques with experience points. That yeah. is, I think, ridiculously cool and good. And I like the idea it's like, because in D&D, in &D, it's like every level you get slightly more powerful, but you get slightly more powerful in the same ways for that class. 100%. There's a little bit of, um, like, you know, at level 4, 8, 12, 16, etc., you can get a feat. Um, and I always do because, you know, feats are great. Gotta and they make your the dungeon master. Um, yeah. And that's what they're for. I mean, the alert feat is so annoying. <laughs> <laughs> Which is why the first one I pick. <laughs> <laughs> you find yourself surprised. No, I don't. 
sorry. Uh, it's a shout out to my own dungeon master, Cameron, because it's it's annoyed him at least once. Um, but I like the idea of it's like okay, you can use these experience points to really tailor your character to the kind of persona you're putting together. You know. Yeah, because not every not every not every rapper, musician, artist, or in this case, Jalen is the same, and mm. they shouldn't be, right? Because this is a this is a thing that is about your own uh your own creativity and so your character should reflect that your character should reflect your style and you have these styles through these different techniques it's a uh a mechanical conveyance of your personality or can be anyway no i like that and it does give an example of what a character sheet looks like in the thing Mm -hmm. it's like okay here's an example of a character block that's what that looks like And, and it breaks it down quite nicely and I like that, you know, different talents, you can buy different tiers to show, no, I'm actually really good at this, or I'm really yeah. good at that. Like, you you could go for, like, you know, really intense ciphers and be the kind of person that's like, no, my, my thing is, like, bringing the other person down. Or, or, you know, you could, say, have someone who's very, very good at, Josh trying to remember now, um, things like... Um, say speed and flow where it's a really really passive thing so like you've always got like that ongoing buff happening with yourself mm-hmm. and which i think is great and i mean the oh the other thing i loved like really loved is the seas and the exploits i really love that because the idea in D and D, where you've got like reaction abilities, like a rogue, which you know, in my case, hey, rogue for life, um, uncanny dodge must be the most annoying thing for a dungeon master to have to grapple with. That end evasion. You know, you throw a fireball. <laughs> oh look, I fluffed my, you know, cloak. Look, looks like you're gonna go. You're gonna take forty-eight damage. Nope. But you failed your roll. I know, so I'll take 24, and then I'll uncanny dodge that. So that 48 damage goes down to 12. And that's great. Like, that's some good reaction. Like, that's some good back and forth. This has seizures and exploits in there, which are like reactions for the Jalen to take control when your opponent goofs it. And that's good. Yeah, it provides that level of uh, engagement that makes it feel more uh, real. It makes it much more engaging, uh, and it's less it's less back and forthy. You know, it's not just you take your turn, I take my turn. Yeah. There's no cross play. Whoever you know t- strings together the best dice pools wins. It it, it makes it more uh, it makes it more engaging in a really fun way. Yeah, it it kind of reminds me more in that way of like a um like a good old fashioned Jackie Chan Kung Fu movie fist fight because it's never just one person like, you know, wailing completely on the other. And then it's like, Oh, my turn's finished your turn. It's that beautiful flow of like one technique, you know, attack and defense at the same time, you know, and then dodging with a back fist and, and, you know, spinning up into it, into another good thing. And that definitely gives, I think the combat a lot more, it is in some ways more back and forth, but it's like sim- it's like back and forth at the same time. It's simultaneous movement. And it's that yeah. beautiful intertwining of two 
characters in, in that one encounter. And yeah, um, love that. Love it very <laughs> much. Like I love Pride Before Glory and it says like the cost is two enemy advantages. So you can be screwed by a good dice roll. Yes. Sorry. Um, Josh got excited. Which I don't think is a bad thing because this is great. No, um, yeah, you should see these things. Like that's that was part of the thing that really got me excited, right? Because I was wondering what I was wondering when I was first going through this of like, all right, cool, I see how these pools work, but like, what does this look like in play? Will I be making decisions whilst mm -hmm. I'm playing it, or am I just trying to see if I get more, you know, successes than uh, my opponent? And so the fact that it's not just, oh, I got more successes than them, I guess I win. The fact that there are choices to be made is what makes it much more interesting. It's what makes me much more interested in the overall game, right? Because I want to see how does this way of designing things spread through everything. Yeah, that is, I think, going to be interesting because I know that, um, oh, what is it, like 20 classes or something? I, I think cannot say for certain. Yeah, it's there's a lot going into. I think when we when we get the Swords Fall game, I, okay, this is a beautiful taster. Like, yeah, this is a small selection of delicious morsels on a very very beautiful plate. But it's also saying to you, hey, when the main course gets here, my friend, you are in for a very good time. Yeah, yeah. So I, I think that's that's great. Um. If you had, con you know, would you say you have concerns about this game? Like, if I put my own concerns in here, I mean, it really just comes down to me personally. Like, my own gormlessness when it comes to, like, learning rules that aren't just perfect, basic, binary streamlines is definitely a thing on, on my end. If you had to, say, bring a concern or two to this, where, where would you say those are? I mean, my concerns, right, come from a place that's informed by my experiences. When I came in, I said that I had played D&D 4th Edition, D&D 5th Edition, and Pathfinder 2nd Edition, right? All three of those games are focused on fantasy. All three of them are focused primarily on combat in terms of their base mechanics. And all of them, in some way or another, are played on a grid. This, you don't need a map. You don't need a grid, right? You just need some good music and a good time really and you can tell a great story with it you can go through this uh the through the summit of king's event and have it be memorable but you're not moving miniature miniatures around on a on a board you know it's not a it's not a miniature war game it's not DD, &D, as brandon will tell you um so my concerns come from just how how my experiences may distract or detract uh from the completed game at least until i learn it and get comfortable with it you know what i mean mm. of like hey i don't need a grid or i don't need you know tactical combat so to speak uh for what it is we're doing and and i also want to know what swords fall is like about Right. Because the what what is it you're doing in the, the overall game is something I really want uh, 
an answer to. And so that that's probably my concerns in like a more nebulous way. But in terms of like the product in front of us, I just want to see like, you know, like I said, just pictures when it comes to like how things work out. Uh, just because I think I think it'll make it more approachable and it'll it'll scare like less people off. Right. Because they look at someone may look at, you know, uh, lines and lines and lines of text of how things work in play and maybe they might, you know, back away from it. So you'll, you'll need someone to explain it to them and that kind yeah. of thing. It makes it a little bit harder for someone to look at it and learn themselves. Like I said, I had to get a pile of dice myself and try to play around with it and see how it actually functioned. Uh, and that, that made it very easy for me at that point. Uh, you know, so that would probably be my only real concern. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, I think the concern I'd have is if I had to teach someone this game, um, would it be easy for me to do so? And in some ways, yes. And in some ways, no. Like, I'd love, like, maybe kind of a smaller scenario or something. Or look, hey, here is some tips and some tricks when I had to teach someone how to play this game. Um, unless that's already in there and I just missed it because I'm an idiot. Um, no, it doesn't appear that I have. Okay, cool, good. Just making sure I'm not suffering my own gormlessness here. Um it is a case of, okay, this would be great because granularity leads to more complication. And the more complication, the more kind of investment of like brain power and emotional, I guess, you know, emotional energy is required to really engage with something. And that is kind of a case of like, okay, if you were playing against someone who really knew the game, like really knew it, someone who's only just starting is going to really, really suffer. Because yeah, the, it, without, it's, it's going to be like guidance. watching two people play Street Fighter and one person is going to get hadoukened into the next into the next world. Um, but that's every game, Josh. So, you know, maybe you're just criticizing games at this point. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because like the, the more experienced player <laughs> may know, like that's that's the... That's the the problem that comes, like you said, like you said with granularity and experience, is Alright, let me ask you something. You've played D D, right? You've played have you played spellcasters? Yes. Not just rogues? Yeah, 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 I I have, yes. Okay, and I'm sure in your experience in playing spellcasters, whether you learned the hard way or you were told by someone who's been who's been playing longer, or you just your experience with the game allowed you to read something and decide it for yourself, there have been times in playing D&D 5th edition where you've looked at something and said, I'm not taking that. That is bad. Hmm. I'm not Tom taking person. lightning lore. That is bad. I'm not taking uh, witch bolt. That is bad. I'm not going to use uh, true strike. That is bad. <laughs> yeah. Rare, but... Uh, you know, someone else, a lot that like Witch Bolt's probably the most common one where someone comes into the game and they're like, oh, unlimited power, I get to make a Star Wars reference, I'm so excited. And they don't know how bad that spell actually is, and they take it and they're like, Why doesn't this work? Why do I feel weak? Whereas and this is a, a this is a thing where you could do PvP with this, with this, uh with Summit of Kings, and you you should, you should totally have your players uh battle it out to see who's the best, mm. you know, uh Jalen. But someone who knows like which techniques to string together 
for a character for a, uh, for a build if you will that they may have in mind of I'm going to make a very aggressive Jalen and I'm going to take all the right techniques for that to work may un- will annihilate someone who's like you know I want to take the things that sound interesting yeah so you um, have that yeah, experience that's, that's, that's you true know, in so many, like, valley. so many games <laughs> yeah yeah it's like you know magic the gathering's the same way I, I i want to take the cards that look cool and they're really they have big numbers yeah. i like hydras i'm gonna fill my deck with hydras or um, <laughs> anything from games workshop where it's like oh what's his name grant howard recently made a one page one of his cool one page games called nice marines and it's like a parody of like the space marines from warhammer 40k where it's like look you're an eight foot like you're a 10 foot tall genetically modified engineered killing machine with a machine gun and like inch thick armor you automatically succeed in any violence but you're not very good at not violence um and but yeah i mean to, to cut you know the hilarity out of it um you know games workshop games are fraught with like these are like you know these renowned archers it's like how how amazing and renowned are they they have plus one extra to their dice roll oh okay but they totally get the shit kicked out of them in hand-to-hand combat it's like well yeah that makes sense but but it's like yeah but i mean you've made the lore about this thing sound so cool but the unit itself is just balls so yeah yeah something Um, something looks cooler than it actually is in play yeah yeah well yeah story's always cool um actually one thing i only just kind of noticed um if you read through the um the example characters most of them use they them pronouns That's not a criticism. This is me saying that's great. Sorry, I'm I'm throwing us off the flow. Um, but no, sorry, sorry. Getting like getting back for to the, what for I was the for the elite Jalen. Yeah. Okay, so Ella King is a her. Reggie Savage is a him. But mm-hmm. Flash, it just says they. Yeah. I mean, they are mysterious. Yes. And um, yeah. Brandon, beautiful work. Dude, thank you. Because um, I mean, that way you you can have whichever Grandmaster Flash you want. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I think that's cool. But um, yeah, back to you're not, you're, not beho- you're not beholden to the reference. Exactly, and I think that's for me. That kind of feels that that is actually Brandon in a nutshell. What you just said, you are not beholden to. That's dude. Thank you. That's beautiful. Um, but yeah, I mean, the, the only criticisms I think we both have is like, look, this could take some learning, but once you've learned it, you could have so much fun with this. Yeah, and it's it's worth learning too, right? Because like like looking through it, there there is an, there's enough to play with to have multiple different sessions, especially if you're playing with different people. Um, and one of my absolute favorite things that this book says uh, just to take it kind of all the way back to the beginning in a weird way. Uh, when it throws the idea of this at you, it uh, in the introduction, it closes with the Summit of Kings is a two to four player one shot set in the Swordsfall universe. 
It can be played in several different ways. You can play it as a fun adventure with your group or an amusing detour for the Jalen in your Swords Fall group or with a bit of homebrewing and adventure in your system of choice. Either way, the goal is to have a unique experience of a classic rap battle uh, of your table. And so what really pulls me in there is the fact that this is presented in a way that for the bigger overall game, you get to give your Jalen a fun thing they get to do. You Mm. get to give them, here is your story, here is your arc, so to speak, for your character. Because if you think about it, right, there's there's nothing like this for D&D. If you have a bard and your bard's like, if unless they think of this themselves, right, or you think of it yourself, this kind of thing doesn't exist in your world, right? There isn't a, you know, great bardic tournament in Waterdeep or something that your bard can go try to win. But here, that's a thing. That's a thing in 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 Swords Fall that your Jalen player can be invited to, and they should know is a big deal. They should know that oh, I've achieve something in the world and now we get to go do a thing that's about me and i get to have my moment in the spotlight that's why i almost kind of hope that we get more uh sort of one shotty peaks at the game not to not to string us along for too long but like i want to see more like what does the swords fall wizard get to go do you know what does the swords fall if there is an equivalent to a paladin what is their thing you know what i mean like i want to see that kind of like adventure (laughs) i was actually about to say if brandon's goal is to just do this with every character class part of me is like mate i'm here for this i'm good (laughs) yeah just just put them all out and then give me a nice thick compendium of make your players feel special the book (laughs) my my, my only concern with that would be okay what are the other characters doing during this time although i guess like in at the at the end they're having fun yeah yeah like at the end of it like he actually lists a whole bunch of things they could be doing yep yeah Yeah, there's a whole there's a whole like spray of like what's going on in boogie cove like it's a there's like ten thousand people here you're at a big massive like setting shaking event that happens so like you can you can put a bunch of different threads you can have people meeting other important people in the background you know there there's a lot that you can have happening yeah. uh you, you just gotta look with the, the side hustles that it shows the, uh, you just gotta look for the people with the exclamation mark above their head exactly <laughs> like you know you i mean like we, i mean you joke you joke but this can be a great time to introduce you know new quests like i'm not i'm not super familiar um just because like i don't want to say i don't have the time but i i don't really have the time with the things that i'm i'm doing personally um but i'm not super familiar with yeah uh, (laughs) yeah and the world is on fire uh with the world right but to to put it in a frame of reference if you're at boogie cove and you're meeting people who have gathered here for this event perhaps from the entire surrounding region, if not the world for this big thing, you may find out, hey, there's some, this could be a great time to introduce new quests and things like that. Mm. You know what I'm saying? Like this is a nexus of information where you can find out, oh, hey, there is X problem, you know, 500 miles south of here that once we're done with this, maybe we should go investigate. Maybe, you know, this 
this cool guy over here offered to, you know, pay us or whatever, you know, the core motivation may be uh, to, to deal with this issue. So like, it's, it's a, it's a great, it's a great little thing. Yeah. And I mean, you've got that many law masters around, like there's, there's going to be some academics. There's going to be some, and there's going to be some skullduggery and thievery. There is going to be some imbalances in nature. It's all going to be there, mate. So yeah, I mean, yeah. Yeah. Sorry. I also just had the, um, the mental image of like, uh, Scott Pilgrim versus the world, their fight against the, the, (laughs) I can't remember their name the uh against the chris twins. evans character wasn't it chris evans i could have sworn it was chris evans who was he fighting the, the two you're talking about the the guy that was in the band right yeah there's scott pilgrim but one of the the battles they have when it's against the two japanese twins oh yeah and like they manifest dragons with their music and he manifests like some huge angry ape that too is something like i'm just thinking that's that's kind of like the metal version of this in some ways i mean who who knows what a jalen can do with the words of power if you know their or someone else's life is in danger right because these techniques that, that we're seeing cool. this this is just dealing with you know a a friendly competition but if if it is such a big deal they must be able to affect the world in a way that may not be too dissimilar from that you know yeah they may be able to speak a a dragon into being or you know lift the tank or who knows what else yeah that would be very cool so um last little bit is value for money um, last I checked, this was, I think, 10 American dollars? Yeah, it's currently on sale, as I understand it, too. Yeah, I think I think it's five. <laughs> so I think that's like eight Australian dollars. Um, value for money-wise, it is amazing value for money. Like, it would be amazing value for money if it was, like, even up at, like, I think, say, the 15 to $20 US mark, although that would... For people like me, whose you know money is not worth as much right now, um, and, and look, I need to put in full disclosure: I won my copy. Um, <laughs> so, I am a cheap bastard. Yes. Um, hey, man, you got to do what you got to do. Yeah. Well, you know, I got bills. Um, yeah. I, I think value for money wise, this is stupidly amazing. I think it's good. Like it's, you know, it's great. As you said. Brandon does not spare expense. And um, if people go back and listen to the the chat I had with him um, a couple of months ago now, um, his his ethos when it comes to like, you know, sitting down and making a thing is to say to the artist, how much, how much for your art? And when they start going, well, we could do this, we could do this, he goes, no, 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 no. How much? How much for, how much for good art? (laughs) And you give someone yeah, like that level of encouragement and that level of support, yeah. they're going to bring the good art. Yeah, I, I get that 100%. Uh, you know, I, I, am not, I am not in the place of creating something like this, but I, I definitely understand and have an appreciation for, uh, for art, for things that I want. And mm. so I, I definitely come with that same sort of Oh no no no! I don't I don't want to name my price. You tell me how much you think I should pay you for this thing I want. I want yeah. this. You tell me, and we'll go from there. 
so I get that 100%. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I, th- I think in conclusion, we'd both say this is this is good. This is very good. People should go oh, buy yeah, this. Get yourself a copy. Go, go, go get one literally right now. Yeah. Do it. It's yeah. Great pro- it's a great product, even if you're not even intending to, even if you're not intending to run it. Like, there's so much you can use from this for something like D&D like he like he says you can you can homebrew this into a system of your choice uh and so like you can use this for running a crazy bard tournament in Waterdeep you can use this for you know uh having a, a weird sort of i don't know uh strange space instrument battle in a in a backwater cantina on Tatooine if you want it's doable and it it and it's it provides I, I, I hate to stress it for the 19th time, but it provides mechanics to something that would normally just be a performance check. And that to me makes it infinitely more interesting and infinitely more fun. Yeah, no, I, I agree. And I think it does excellent work with those mechanics. Um, excellent. So we're going to leave that there because it's almost seven o'clock. So one of us has got children <laughs> that are probably going to start waking up pretty soon. Um, where can people find you? Where, where do you prefer they find you online? Uh, I mean, the best place to find me online, uh, just in terms of talking and stuff, is on Twitter at uh, at Lionhead underscore gaming. Uh, and you can also find me on Twitch uh, at uh, Lionhead Gaming on Twitch uh, live Tuesdays, Thursdays, and Sundays uh, with D&D content. I also have, of course, a Discord server and uh that's basically my overall presence very cool um i I of course can be found at nerdy people d and d uh with the n not an ampersand because um i think someone beat me to it so i can't blame (laughs) um please please check out the other two actual plays that we're running one is curse of strad except it's a western and he's not a sex criminal so you know that's pretty good um you had me in western look Someone mentioned it on Twitter, and I thought that oh yeah, that would be so cool. Okay, and then my brain I'm gonna check it out. Took off, um, and we are also doing a playthrough of Cobalt Press's Margrave, um, which is like depressing Slavic folklore. The yes. the um the thing in the forest, right? Yeah. How is that? Um, it's pretty good. My my like my fiance was thinking about getting it to run it because she was like I like whimsical forest stuff. Is it whimsical or is it really dark? It can go either way. I'll, I think she I'll might like it what, more than based on that. When thing. when we push the stop recording button, I will give you some like here is some here is some okay, stuff. Okay, I'm I'm super curious. Thank you. Okay, no problems. Uh, and of course, I do this, um, Better Homes and Dungeons, which was a, a stupid title, but I, I, the second I thought about it, I thought, no, 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 Josh, embrace the dumb. <laughs> um, excellent. People, everyone, thank you very much for your time. Thank you for joining us. Please feel free to send us questions or anything like that whenever you like. Cheers.